live from Casa de Monte Cristo in Nashville, it's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section. Here we are. I'm excited for this one, Brianna. Me too. I'm Me excited. too, dude. Especially since we just realized that you guys know each other. Yeah. I mean, very loosely. Very loosely. But yeah. this is going to be very great. Loosely. Very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> He uh he 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 came onto the th- came onto the Zoom with um with a beer. Mm. Which made My us man. which made us go and get our drinks. So <laughs> I'm sitting here in my bedroom at my desk drinking tequila because of this guy. Yep, vodka. Vodka. Oh. oh boy. This is gonna be a good one. I can already tell mm. the alcohol is already flowing. It really is. I haven't See. eaten yet today, so that's See. bad. <laughs> Oh, that is bad. See, I feel like you're putting a, I feel like you're putting a lot on me right now because because my intent my intent was just like we're just I'm just having an afternoon beverage and then you went straight to the tequila. Went straight to the tequila. Yeah, no, yeah. no that's no, a, no. that's a, it's all or nothing. No, that's a different world. It's man. all or nothing. We have here number one hit songwriter, two time number one hit songwriter. Hey, Mr. Adam Hambrick. Hey, yeah, boy, Adam yeah. Adam Dude, Hambrick. Thanks. I'm so happy that you're here, man. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me, for real. It's anytime you get to come on and talk to people and kind of tell your story and and just shoot the breeze for who knows how many people, how many millions and millions of listeners you got. That's a, exactly. That's a, exactly. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be great. Um, so, Brianna, when I did my shots for Corona, mm, yes, I, I remember that very well. I was a part of that. You were you were one of the first people to do it. That's I was. Right. I was. <laughs> so and was I, Adam yeah. Hambrick. Oh yes, I love it. I te- here for I texted him, and the response was so quick. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Get yeah, cool." And- he was getting ready to go to bed when I texted him. <laughs> I, literally, did you texted me. I was laying in my bed and I was setting my alarm. And then what? I forget what the text said. Do you want to do a, a shot with me for Corona? I was like, I don't. Who? Why are you shooting Corona? I don't get it. And, and then I was like, Oh, oh I get it. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I went get it. I get and it. Then went and yeah. Poured myself a drink and went to bed. He he, he poured wow. the good he poured the good whiskey. He went yeah, and got a, a yeah. it was a box like it was a Jack Daniels like was it Frank Sinatra? No, no. I'll tell you what it was. My uh, my manager Tom Betchy, uh, he got he got me last year for Christmas. He got this this kind of like special edition uh, Jack Daniels number twenty seven. Uh, it's it was aged in some I, f- I forget what it was aged in, Oof. but it was like it, it came in a gold box, so you knew it was yeah. super fancy. Yeah. So it was, you, you knew it was you knew it was special. Um, yeah. But it, it was it was really good, really. Really good whiskey. Yeah, that's incredible. You're going hard. Yeah, jeez. Hardcore. Yeah. This, Rona appreciated it. Rona definitely appreciated. I, yeah. I finished. <laughs> I pulled all the videos from that because eventually I am going to make a uh, montage of it. And there were a hundred and fifty-six videos. That means you took a hundred and fifty-six shots, Marcus. Do you realize that? Well. <laughs> That's so many shots. Some people might I, say that I have a problem. Well, some people also <laughs> may say that you're a badass, so it just depends on it which depends side on you're what on. Side you're on. It's true. <laughs> Na- national, national treasure. National, you're a national treasure. National Seriously. treasure. Yeah. Seriously. But that, that is Nick over. Nick Cage is going to come looking for you now. Exactly. <laughs> Riley, I get over here, Riley. I'll help him. <laughs> That's incredible. Here, How's the family? I, How's Merritt? How's the family? You know, Merritt's doing really good. Uh, you know, she's been, this has been a big part of part of her life, the, the Corona stuff, obviously. She's, um, for a lot of you who know my story or who don't know my story, uh, she's a PA and a lot of her job right now is testing people for the virus and stuff. And mm-hmm. so she's been working a lot. Uh, we Tell her know, thank you. But we've been us. fortunate yeah, enough. I, I absolutely will. Um, but a lot of, uh, yeah, that's just kind of been, been her life right now is like testing people. And, and so it's, it's been a pretty, you know, steady, um, ever present thing that's in our life. But, uh, but we've been fortunate enough to not get, you know, not get sick or anything like that. And the, the PPE is working, you know, like she's, mm. you know, she hadn't got sick and we hadn't gotten sick and we're, we're thankful for that. But, but thankful for all the people who are, who are kind of out there doing what she's doing and Seriously. testing and, and just like serving the rest of us. Cause it's, 
Dude, it's 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 a hard it's job. Hard. That's a hard job, yeah. especially with the no, now now that the extra hours have kicked in and yeah. you know for Oof. the last four months now, five months. Yeah, now. seriously. Uh, twenty twenty has been hell. Um, yeah, it really has. Um, I love how everyone at the beginning was just like, "Yeah, twenty twenty vision, everything's gonna be great. This is gonna bro. be the best year ever." And now, look at us. We're drinking at three o'clock yeah. on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. But on the bright side, we're drinking at three o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> cheers! Cheers, bright, everybody! That is the bright side. That is, the, yeah. bright that is side. the bright side. Okay, so you are originally from Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas is what I would call home. Um, okay. So okay. I I kind of have this weird dual citizenship thing between Mississippi and Arkansas. Nice. Uh, I did a lot of my growing up in Mississippi. Okay. Um, in a town called Corinth, um, mm-hmm. but my dad's a preacher. That's that's just where he pastored when I was growing up. Oh, you're so, a PK. Uh, I'm a PK man. Nice. And uh, and so so grew up in Corinth, and Corinth's a special town to me. It's where uh, you know a lot of my very best friends. You know, just from from high school, they they're still with me. You know, they're still my people. And yeah, uh, but all my all my family is from Arkansas. So Arkansas is where I would say where home is. I lived there when I was really young and then I lived and then I moved back, uh, right after high school, went to college in central Arkansas. Okay. And, um, yeah, I lived there for basically 10 years after high school and then moved to Nashville. So yeah. Arkansas home. I've, uh, I've been a diehard Razorback fan since, uh, <laughs> nice. uh since I was, I was born. Yeah. Um, I tell people, I tell people I got duped into being a Razorback fan. Cause when I was like, when I was a kid, we were winning national championships in basketball, going to final fours, mm. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton was president. I was like, Arkansas is king of the world. This is great. This is great. Now it's not so much. And then it's, now, it's been a tough decade. It's been a tough, tough decade to be a Razorback. It's a tough decade to be any sports fan at this point right now. Yeah. They just can't <laughs> get it in the, in the goal. Can they? Yay, sports, sports. right? Yay, sports. Oh, sports. This is a common theme. Everyone we talk to, all the guys, they're just like, yeah, sports. And I'm like, shopping. (laughs) You need to jump on the bandwagon, Brianna. You need to jump (laughs) on the bandwagon. I'm a baseball girl. I'm definitely a baseball girl. Okay. So, all right, who's your team? um, So, it's kind of very confusing. It's very confusing. Is it? I grew up. It is. So, I grew up in Southern California. I grew up in Huntington Beach. Okay. all right. Absolutely angels all the way. However, yeah. most of my family um, on my dad's side is from Missouri. And so okay. they are some Cards fans. They're really obsessed with the Cardinals. It's my people. It's and my so people. I have become obsessed with the Cardinals. But oh, for you. a strange reason, since I was very young, if the Yankees are playing, I don't care who it is. I'm cheering for the Yankees. So, it's a very a strange stop dynamic. Stop yes, stop. I know. I know. You're you're hi. <gasps> Hello. Is this is this Gracie? <laughs> she can't. She can't. That's right. Sorry. This is this is my this is my daughter Gracie. Hi, Gracie. And, uh, yeah, and she and it's three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. And she's still in her PJs. Okay. Same. I'm, I'm wearing my sweats under this shirt, so <laughs> that's amazing. I'm doing a I'm doing a video call right now. Can can we play in a little bit after I get done? Is that okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we get to the bride. So right oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey kiddo, Gracie, Gracie, come here, come here. I love you. Have. Go have some good, good fun time with mommy, and I'll be back in just a bit. Okay, okay. We're nice. Say hi. Can We're hi, everybody. I'm hi. Crying. Hi. Guys, this is Gracie. Hi, Gracie. <laughs> this is Mr. Marcus, and this is Miss Brianna. Hi. They're, they're saying hi. You can't hear them. I, I've got it in my headphones. Saying hi. Aww. Yeah, we're not editing. We're, this is not being editing out at all. This is not being edited out at all. Legitimately tearing up. That is the cutest <laughs> oh thing. Oh my god! <laughs> I literally. Oh my god! That's cute. I'm so oh low. She's, wow. She's so. She's pretty adorable. She's. She's oh. a great kid. Oh my! I'm, you guys, I'm. I'm legitimately. You're tearing up. My eyes right now. That is the mm. sweetest thing I've ever seen. Oh my gosh! She's like, I love you. Go have. Oh. <laughs> She's the best. Oh, She's the best. God, that was so cute. 
Oh my god. Get back to sports. Back to sports. Back to sports. Back to sports. My weird love triangle of baseball. Back to sports, okay? Back to sports. I'm trying to figure out how you are a Yankees fan and you're not from anywhere near New York. I'm not. It's it's a weird thing, literally, since I can remember. Um, so I grew up singing at baseball games. I've sang for the Diamondbacks, the Angels, the Dodgers, the Oakland A's, like all kind of the West Coast teams. Um, and so I just been a huge baseball fan my whole life. But every time the Yankees would come play, I would just be like, I don't care. You'd I'm cheering for the Yankees. I was so excited at think- the time I was very little. I, you're, were you a Seinfeld fan as a kid? Could that have been what did it? No, I wasn't. That would have been a good I have reason. No clue. That would have been, been. been a good reason. Maybe I, I think from now on, that. yeah, from now on, you should say. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I don't know. Just, I think it's. I really think it's just because the Yankees are such a famous like team, and so as a kid, I almost viewed it as like a celebrity team. You know, mm, it, fair it, was, enough. it was. It was very like. Fantasy. Sort of Phillies. It's like, ooh, um, the Yankees. <laughs> the Phillies. Sort of Phillies. Uh, sure. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Cool. As, as, as a Cars fan, when I was a kid, I used to love, I used to love to hate the Phillies for some reason when I was a kid. <laughs> for some, I'm just the same like, way. I used to love to hate the Cardinals for some reason. I have no idea. There was uh, like, my first, my first baseball game I ever went to, it had been 93. And it was uh, it was one of those teams where it was like John Cruck. If you remember those John Cruck teams back in the nineties, <laughs> and uh, and kind of dude, they were just they were just fun. They were just fun to hate, like because he was he was such a good villain, you know, just big old mm. big old burly, you know, you know, fat guy who like looked like he just walked <laughs> straight off the couch, straight oh, into the batter's yeah. box, just went up there, had his giant chaw in his mouth every time, just like up there just. <laughs> Knocking dingers like a champ. If you if you yeah. ever if, yeah. if you ever meet Tim that was that was the first baseball game I ever went was to to Cardinals Cardinals Phillies. playing the Phillies at, at Bush. Yeah. If you ever nice. if you ever meet uh, Tim McGraw, if you have or have not, don't ever bring up that you hate the Phillies. Oh, I, I don't still hate the Phillies. That was just my uh-huh. that was my my fun because <laughs> you know his dad won us the World Series. Wait, oh, yeah. what? Yeah, Tim McGraw's dad was a, was a Phillies baseball player. Stop. That's mm-hmm. nuts. I had Tuck, no idea. Tuck McGraw. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sick. That's sick. So is he yeah. still, to this day, a big, like, I a think big he, Phillies I know, fan? I know that he wears the World Series ring. Mm. Yeah, on stage. that's cool. That's super cool. So that, I, that cool. I know. I don't know how, how big of a fan he is, you know, right now, but... For but yeah. yeah, but I know when I met him a few times, he was wearing the World Series ring. That's so crazy. As you do, as you do. I mean, Y'all, at I this would. point, we should just turn this podcast what? into a sports podcast. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for it. Most of the conversation at this point at this is point. like sports. We had Jordan Davis here the other day, and it was like this the same exact thing. Yeah. Unless you football all day long. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. What oh my god. Yep. Yep. Hilarious. That's exactly what it was. So you moved here in 2013. Yeah. Yep. So what? So was your family into music, or, or were you were you just like the oddball black sheep of the family? Uh, no, but my family definitely music people. Uh, but it, it's kind of it's kind of funny though. Like uh, my family are they're musical, but they they weren't they weren't big like. Of your what you would think of like stereotypical music fans, mm-hmm. right? It's like music was just like what we did at church. Dad's preacher, mom's piano player. Me and my sisters sang together. It was like classic Baptist Von Trapp family situation, and um, it was just like well, that's what we did, you know. So like music was kind of home for me for a really early age. Uh, my mom even like she used to write songs and like would Aww. sing them in church and. I was in the 10th grade and that, that was essentially the first time I was in a recording studio. It was this little like shack in Tyler, Texas, you know, where they just like lay down, you know, to tape my mom, these songs that my mom had, had written. And, um, and so like, I just kind of thought like, if you want to, if you want to be in music, you just write songs. And so like, uh, first, the first song I ever wrote was, uh, for a girl in the eighth grade. And, uh, what was it called? You know, and how did it go? Yes. Brace yourself. 
It was called Girl in My Dreams. And it was <gasps> oh. a smash. Wow. Um, wow. Hit central. <laughs> Hit central. The fact that he said, it was... and it was a smash. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously. With Awful. a title like that, you can't go wrong. Did, did, did you win her over no. with that? Hang no. <laughs> Listen. Dang it, man. Come listen, on. though. Listen, though. Listen, though. Chubby little eighth grade Adam Hambrick was a sight to behold. You just... You just <laughs> oh, we're going to need pictures, I was, dude, after this I was, group chat. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you a picture. I will send you a picture in a group text it. after this, and, and you'll be like... <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow! Eighth grade, eighth grade Adam, eighth grade Adam was a chump. He was trying to he was trying to figure out how to uh, fit into the world, um, yeah. uh, because the world was a little snug for him. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but I I I would try to you know my answer for that was like trying to play music and and play guitar and and uh, so you say that's kind so you, of the world that I disappeared in. So you say in choir in church. Uh, in choir, you know, like, but uh, also they, you know, do special music, like that kind of, like classic Baptist fashion. Is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bro- Brother Doug and his family gonna come bring us a special this this afternoon, this morning, and so we we come up there, uh, we sing, and yeah, and that family that family harmony. You uh, know, yeah, it was, it was so real. How did you? So how did you get tied in with? So for for those of you listening, um, I actually met. Adam at uh, Midtown Fellowship was a church that we both go to, and he was actually on the worship yeah. team. So, how did you get tied in with Midtown? Was like singing on worship team and, and praise and worship? Was that just kind of your thing for a while to get into music, or not? So I, I've always loved worship music. I've always loved music like for the church. Like that's just been yeah. a big part of for me from the beginning, and, and my yeah. faith is kind of like. I mean, it's it's really the, the centerpiece of my life and like Amen, the lens dude. through which I've, I've, I view life. And, uh, yep, same. and so like, um, so like that's just a place where I can like serve in my church is just mm-hmm. like doing music. And so, yeah. um, when I came to Nashville, you know, I was just looking for somewhere to belong in my church. And that was just kind of like yeah. the obvious, the obvious place. I've kind of always, yeah. I've always been a part of like music in church from when I was a kid to, um, I haven't done it the last couple of years with mm-hmm. the kids because we kind of we kind of keep Sundays a little more a little more sacred yeah. these days because when I'm on the road and stuff like I can't can't be on the road and then come home on Sunday and then play church you know there's just yeah. like a, it's right. it's yeah. hard to make that work um, definitely but, uh, but yeah I've I've always loved like being in the church leading music at the church and just being a part of that that's been a big part yeah. for me. So then did you intend to be an artist like this from from day one or was it just kind of something that just evolved? Um, I would say I would say it was more of an evolution. If I was if I'm being honest with myself, I think I I always wanted it, but I didn't really. It just it just seemed so far out of reach. You know, did you come to town um, just to be a main like strictly a songwriter at, at one point? At first, at first that that was it. Um, but the more I, you know, the more I was writing, the more I was writing these songs, the more I was recording, you know, like the better singer I became, the better like, the more my perspective uh, kind of like showed itself. Like the more mm. um, my, uh, you know, my my voice as an artist, like my writing voice and my uh, all that stuff, kind of just it kind of just like bubbled up to the surface, and I realized, okay, I I feel like I need to do something with this. And then um, the the record deal came along, so um, with UMG Capital Buena Vista yep. here in Nashville, and uh, and so that was just that just seemed like a good fit for, for what I wanted to do as an artist, and and so uh, you know it just like I feel like all the right doors have opened up for me to get to do this. I I would be perfectly yeah. content being a soccer dad, honestly. Um, <laughs> well, I but think it's that's like, what makes you so like good at these, what you do. You know, because it's not—it's so. not your like identity. You're doing it because you love it, yeah. and 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 you you enjoy doing it, not because like you have to. You know. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I, I I hope that I don't know. I hope that 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 comes across that I don't I I don't feel like I need it to survive. You know, I don't feel like I. You know, there's there's a lot of things I could do and feel like fulfilled in life, mm-hmm. but. Um, if I'm honest, like this is what I've wanted to do since I was a kid, but I've, uh, 
but growing up in small towns, for one, I'll tell you this, growing up in small towns, you, I never saw somebody else who did this. And so it just seemed yeah. like that's for somebody else. Grand Ole Opry, country radio, that's for, that's for somebody else. It's not me. Yeah. And, uh, and so the more I came to town and the, and the closer I was to it, like you're walking, I mean, for crying out loud, you're walking around and you're, you're bumping into Keith Urban at the coffee shop, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is, these yeah. are real people walking around. It's so like, why, you know, like I'm good at this. Why can't I do this? And so it's mm-hmm. just been a slow process of me seeing like what's possible. And that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so now honestly, I'm just like trying to figure out how to tell my story. Like we've written these great songs. We've recorded this great record and not getting ready to like really ramp it up and put this stuff out. Yeah. That's so exciting, dude. That's really exciting. I, I, uh, Thanks. It's really exciting. No, seriously. I, I, I think that, um, I, I listen to your music and, and I can hear, here's the thing is that I can hear like a younger Keith Urban in, in your stuff, which is great. Love it. Cause it's like, you know, Definitely, you always, you always, as I mean, me as a music fan, I can always compare, you know, a up and coming act to okay, well, where do they fit in this category with this successful, yeah. or, you know, and <clears throat> you definitely fall into the category of Keith Urban, which is great because Keith Urban, that's a longevity career right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just great quality music, and, and he and and you fall into the category. And I compare you to him because of the fact that you guys have the same. <clears throat> mentality when it comes to making music. Making music is supposed to be something that you are passionate about creatively and I can't tell you how many songs you can, and you can, lately especially in the last five, six years with Keith Urban on how he's experimented to evolve his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listening to your music you can tell that your music you're going to go down that same road where it's not just going to be one genre, you know. There's going to you're going to have a lot of crossovers uh, with your that. music because you're going to have a lot because you can just tell the different influences that come into play. I feel like yeah. there's a little John Mayer in there too. Ooh, oh, 100 percent. Love of my life, right there. John's, Love of my life. John Mayer's my dude. John yes, Mayer's my dude. Same. He he was like I, I can I can look back and like cite a lot of influences, um, mm-hmm. like. You know, obviously, like the hymns and the church music and like the congregational mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, but then, like in the '90s, like country radio was it. Like yeah. talking about growing up in small towns, like that's just what we had. Right. And uh, but then, you know, growing up, like starting listening to pop music, started listening to rock music, uh, Incubus, Third Eye Blind, Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> yeah. like some of that stuff was that that was my stuff. I tell you, yeah, people, then, people who grew up in the '90s that had such an eclectic playlist, oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. All over the place. <laughs> Which there's I think not is one fantastic. genre. Yeah, there's not one genre. No. Anyone who's grew up in, in in the '90s, there's not one genre. Yeah. No. Nope. Well, and I nope. think that that's something that's great about like being a songwriter and an artist. I've always been an advocate of like I was uh, on our just kind of like introduction episode as you know as an artist myself. I was talking to Marcus about listeners when you go on now we have spotify instead of like itunes when you go on a spotify playlist or just likes on someone's spotify it's not all one genre so why should we as music creators be forced to only create one type of music you know so to be able to be a songwriter and do the worship thing and then do the country thing and i'm sure you write different styles and and all of that it's like we're we just our purpose is just to create music i don't think we should ever put it like in a box necessarily i i go back and forth on what i think about that i like Mm. there there are different artists who who absolutely need to be like pushing the boundaries um, but mm. some people push boundaries for no reason. And I think that's stupid too. I think that's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, I think creating with a purpose is always good and like looking and seeing yeah. where it goes. Like that's one thing. Um, uh, but, but I'll tell you what, I will, I will stick up. I will stick up all day long for the, that ain't country crowd. Um, mm. because it's as much as like, as much as like country radio people want to bag on that. Um, it's like, don't, don't tell me that ain't country. This is, this is country music in the 2020 and it might be country music in the 2020, like 
Hank Williams might not uh, Hank Williams might not love what's being played on country radio right now. But like yeah. that tradition of country music is there, like it's there for a reason. Like, it's like there, those instruments, sure. those voices and the, those songwriting, like that, that's the stuff that made me fall in love with music. Yeah. And, uh, and I hope that even though these, like there's all these opportunities for genres to like expand and do all mm. this stuff um, and genres to influence each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope that that soul of country music, that organic, that storytelling, um, the thing that make country music country, mm-hmm. I hope it's always there. And I hope there I are always people that. contending for it. Yeah. I think that the, the genres that, that exist now, I feel like they should stay the same. I guess I'm more so talking about like John Mayer, for example. I would not put John yeah. in any like no. genre at all. Yeah. And I love him, but everything is like John, you know? Yeah. Like it somehow all fits, even though genre wise, it's not in any genre way. wise <laughs> genre wise i see what you did sorry there. i'm a dad <laughs> i love it the dad jokes dad jokes are incredible but it's like yeah i think i think that there's something to be said about people being able to create whatever's them but not having to kind of abide by the like rules and lines that are drawn yeah. by certain genres you know yeah i don't know i'm I, like a huge I'm, advocate I'm, of that i'm i'm with you i, I think that's like what makes like truly kind of transcendent artists mm-hmm. that um, yeah. I think that's why I think that's I think that's why you can do that with with John Mayer's because he's like he, he lets so many things hit um, the filter of his artistry and then exactly. takes and, and he takes what's you know what moves him about that and puts it into his thing yep. um, and it's still it's still authentic and that's what that's what makes great artists great yeah, um, and that's that, incredible. That's, yeah, I, I think that's what strikes me about him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, and, and I think that's why I say that you're going to be you're going to be one of those artists that's going to be around for a long time, mm. um, <clears throat> a long time. So let's, let's your songwriting. You, you moved to Nashville, in 2013. You had your influence. You, you you intended to be. You went through the whole writing. You did. You were. Yeah. You wanted to be a singer. Song. You know, singer at some point. You want to be an artist. Obviously, deep down inside, we all have that. Anyone who comes to Nashville at that point has has that dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are a songwriter. You, uh, who's your publishing company? Uh, it, publishing it, company is uh, Anthem, uh, and uh, that's right. Anthem and, and and then Red Creative. Red Creative. Uh, Jeremy Stover. He's he, he's kind oh, of been my mentor. Yeah. That's, my, that's my dude. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I've written with Jeremy. He, he's kind of the guy who found me and brought me to town. Have you? Yeah, yeah. when I was really yeah. young. I've been here since I was like 16. I remember writing with him when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's what so we call cool. old in the industry. No, I'm just oh, God. Just no, kidding. I seriously just am. Kidding. It's I'm 12 years this year. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's that's. Really hey, you're still here. You're still here. You're still, still here. Doing something completely different. But not going, anyway, not going this anywhere. about you. No, I'm not. But this is about you, Adam. Let's talk about you. So your 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 publishing deal. So that came before your record deal. Then I'm assuming. Yeah, a hundred percent. And okay. honestly, like, if I had come to Nashville chasing a record deal, buddy. I would just be the biggest piece of crap. Like, I, like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be any good. It wouldn't be any good. I, I would just be chasing, like, trying to figure out like what everybody else wants. And honestly, yeah, like I like anybody else still do that. Like we all do that to some degrees. Like, of course. Like, what what do they th- what do they think about this? Of course. Um, but but like moving to Nashville to write so- uh, songs for other artists, like that's that was it was kind of like that playground where I where I kind of like found my my voice as an artist but yeah um, but I'm I'm really grateful for those companies because they they did such a great job of like teaching me how to write songs for mm. this machine you know like yeah. this this country radio country country genre and mm-hmm. um, as when people ask me hey I want, I want to move to Nashville and great come and write a thousand songs yep. and and then when you're done like, write a thousand then, more then you'll start writing good songs <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah exactly Yep. So, yeah. So, so what was your what was your process like? So, what were you came in here? Did you you came in the city? Did you know anybody in the city? Man, uh, you know, we talk about faith and all that stuff earlier. I, I feel like um, I feel like there was a lot of my story was it was almost like God picked us up at Arkansas and put us in Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. 
so I was I was making music on the side in Arkansas. Um, I just like made a record with some with some of my really good friends from church. Um, the record was called Fighting from the Ground, and uh, and I was doing like some local press and doing like a, a morning TV show in Little Rock. And then Justin Moore had just moved back to Arkansas, and he had just happened to be watching TV that morning. And he's like, "Man, that dude's pretty good." And, <laughs> and he called he called his producer and, and Jeremy Stover, and uh, and Stover reached out. And so I got to I got to know Jeremy a little bit. We got to start writing songs, and and then I just happened to have a job that was like flexible, where I could kind of like like come to Nashville once a month and write songs for a few days, like no big deal. And then, and then my wife, Mary, her best friend just happened to live in Nashville, her best friend from high school. And dude, it was just all these like crazy coincidences that lined up. Justin just happened to be at home. Jeremy just happened to be starting a publishing company. Merritt's yeah. friend happened to live here. Like there were just so many like happen to's that like, even if we didn't know a soul, the, Dude, it was a it was a clear path. It was a clear path you know, to so. Yeah, you knew yeah. that that was so, what he had intended. Yeah, so so I I started writing songs and started coming to Nashville once a month. So that was like a period of about a year, and uh, I feel like it was kind of during that time where I, I met a lot of people that I still write with, still work with, and um, it was kind of just like a, a nice introduction to Nashville. You know, helping me fall in love with Nashville and what Nashville does and the community and. Um, yeah. What was your What was your process of, or, or or your way of getting into? Because I know a lot of new new writers in town have a hard time establishing themselves and getting themselves into the bigger rooms with the bigger songwriters. Yeah. So what was yeah. your process? Because I'm sure that I'm sure that that didn't start once you got a publishing deal. I'm sure that started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure that yeah. started. You know, I'm sure that didn't start. I'm sure there are ways like you know you finagled yourself into the bigger rooms. I will say that's absolutely not true. Really? Um, ah. No, uh, I was, I am, I am a crappy finagler. Like when I try to finagle, <laughs> I when I try that. to finagle, you know, you know it. Like, See? like, cause I'm, I, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. Cause when I'm, when I'm reaching, when I'm reaching, I'm uncomfortable. And yeah. I like, cause like, cause think about it. It's like, it's like, it, a boxing analogy like like when you when you reach and you get a little bit off balance like that's when you that's when you're open to take that shot from the other side mm-hmm. and it's it's the it's the same thing it's like it's like when I'm when I'm reaching I I like I'm wide open and I'm just like goofy looking and it's like I, that's not that's not no I don't want anything to do with that and so like wow. when I moved to town, I had I had a publishing deal when I moved to town um, but I actually I actually lost that deal uh, so I was, they, they didn't renew me on my, on my last option. And so there was kind of this period where I was like, is this going to happen or did I move here for nothing? Um, yeah. but I, you know, I, I kind of just like, I, I, my, my first publishing deal ended. And then about a month later, um, was when I wrote a song called how not to. Mm-hmm. And, um, familiar. And so, so like that, that, that was the first song that people started hearing. They were like, well, okay, this is, this is, this is something cool. You know, this is, mm. and that was, that was obviously the game changing song for me. Um, but like when I started kind of like buckling down and stopped trying to be the smartest guy in the room and stopped trying to write the house that built me every day, mm. uh, but actually like trying to hit the target of country radio, like, okay, play the game, dude. Don't be too cool to play the game. And, um, and and started trying to take like what I love about music and and pointing it at the country radio target. I mean that's when I started having success and stopped trying to chase like what would Luke Bryan say like no what would Adam Hambrick say yeah how's Adam Hambrick want to say it and say it and then those are the songs that people have wanted to cut more times than not. So Dude, I love hearing that so much because it's 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 a mindset that in a lot of people is is kind of lost because everyone's just chasing that next cut chasing that radio single and it's like yeah no chase yourself chase what you are because the people that are going to make it in this business and have longevity just like marcus was saying are the people who are going to be true to themselves and are just going to be authentic and real and ah, i just want to applaud you that's that's freaking amazing 
I love that. So, Thanks. So you brought up for for those of you who are listening and, and don't realize the, the the how not to song we're talking about. Yes, we are talking about. Yes, we are talking about the Dan and Shay how not to. Yes, he wrote he co co-wrote that song, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He co-wrote that song. That was your first number one hit as a songwriter, correct? Yeah, that, that was the first. That was first number one as a songwriter. Um, and, it, and it was funny. That song was that like we wrote it. Uh, Paul DiGiovanni did the demo, and then Rascal Flatts put on hold like immediately. And we're like, oh, sweet! This is gonna be awesome. Flatts will cut the song, maybe we'll see. And then a year later, they still hadn't cut it. They still were holding it. And then um, Dan and Shay were going to the studio, and they they're they're good friends with our buddy Rohan, um, who now is it A and R A and R guy now Warner. Warner, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and they text Ro, he's like, "Hey Ro, we got an extra got an extra slot in the session. Send me a hit." And so Ro sent Dan how not to. He's like, "Dude, we love this." And they cut it that day. Wow. And it was like, "Oh, okay, all right, boom, love it." <laughs> and I never forget. I was on my way back from Arkansas. It was over. It was uh, right after New Year's. Um, my daughter Gracie had just she had just been born, and wow. uh, and so she she was like a month old. And we were driving back, and I, I got a phone call, and I said, "Mary, I think I think I just got a Dan and Shay cut." I'm like, cool. And then we didn't think anything about it for a few weeks. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! Um, wow. And then. And then You're I, so then down I talked to, to Earth. This is so refreshing. Oh, I love this. I'm like so geeking out because that's the mindset that I think so many people should have. I'm sorry, I'm like fangirling over your mindset well, right that, now, but that's just amazing. That's just listen. That's what happens when you lose a publishing deal. You you, you don't get excited about anything. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You could. You you. Yeah. And and you have until so you have to adopt that mindset. Otherwise, you're just mad all the time, and you no. burn out and want to move home. Yep. Yep. I so. totally get that. So then you that this is not your only number one though. No. You have uh, adjusted no. Somebody one. else will. Somebody else will. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that one. Was the this, process with that? I mean that that was super cool because that was um you know like Justin was a big part of my story and getting me to Nashville. So like me me be able to contribute something to his career was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story about that. Rascal Flatts had that one on hold too, and um, this is not this is not bad, this is not bag on this is not bag on Flats time. I love those boys, um, uh, but um, so so I sent I sent Joe on that song, and he's like, "Man, love it. That's this song is so cool. Love, love it. Um, I'd love to hold it." And I said, "Dude, great, awesome." Yeah. And then, um, but I guess they I guess they took it they they took it off off hold with my publisher, but I didn't know it. And so, um, and so one day Jeremy texts me and he said, somebody else wheel just got cut. I was like, Rascal Flats cut, let's go. <laughs> Fired up. What? And then, and then that night, um, I'm getting ready to go to, I'm getting ready to go to, go to bed and I get a text from Jeremy. He says, Hey, uh, uh, meet me and Justin downtown. Um, we're, we're going to have a couple drinks and, and celebrate, celebrate your cut. I was like, awesome. Great. And so, and so I get to the bar. I'm starting to sense that it's very easy to get you out of bed to have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to sense that. (laughs) He's a good Christian man. He likes the, uh, he likes the companionship. It's it's true. I'm I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the fellowship. Um, <laughs> yes. And, but anyway, so so get out of town. Meet Jeremy and Justin at Tin Roof, and and I see Justin. The first thing he says is he says, "Man, I, that song sounds like a hit." I was like, "It's like you, it's it sounds so good." And, and all I'm thinking is like, "How do you hear my Rascal Flatts cut?" <laughs> like had, had ze- still had zero idea. <laughs> That he had that, that he had cut it, interesting. and then uh, and uh, yeah, and and Jim was like, "You he we cut it on Justin today." It's like no <laughs> way, because when we wrote it, when we wrote it, it sounded like a straight up pop song, and uh, oh. and so and so like it it was not on my radar at all that Justin like would even like 
like do it. But when he sings it, because it's Justin and his incredible country voice, it's a country song. And uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I, I listened to that song. I'm like, I don't think that I could ever hear Gary Lavox singing that song. I was literally thinking the same thing. I was like, this is not. And that's no offense to Gary Lavox. He no. can sing, but yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. I, I don't, Justin. The how not yeah. to? I can definitely hear him singing. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, definitely because I feel like Danny Shane and Rascal Flatts kind of have the same similar vibe. Um, yeah, for sure. For each other. But as far as adjusting more somebody else, well, I, I, I don't I yeah. don't think I can hear, like, you would have to have Joe Don Rooney have his first lead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that goes back to, like, the fact that, that Justin's so good at, at doing what he does yeah. that he made the song. Oh, his. man. Like, that's, yeah. that's sick. He, and I'll say this, dude. Justin is way underrated. I was, I was, um, your, your mind, my mind to your lips. Yeah. And he's, dude, he's, uh, he's got one of the most dynamic voices mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's just funny. Like, you know, country radio is one of those, one of those weird things. It's almost like he releases a song and, uh, and, 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 and country radio is always slow to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like every one of his songs is like, you know, 40, you know, 35, 40, 45 weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it takes, it takes a long time, but it always gets there. It always, it gets, always there. gets to number one. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I always tell some, I told someone the other day, I'm like, cause we talked about Justin Moore and I'm like, Justin Moore is one of those people who is just, it's a sneak attack. Like he's a sneak attack yeah. every single, he's a sleeper as we, as we talk about yeah. sports, he's a sleeper because he just come, he comes out with these hits after hits after hits mm. And it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you're right. 45 weeks, he knew he was like, oh, it's there. But you know what? At the same time, that's great for your royalty checks. It, it is. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it is. And a slow burn is better for your career overall, it honestly. Really sure. Like, it is. Because like, you know. that's that's a longer amount of time that you're on the radio yeah. in, people's, in people's minds. Yeah. Totally. It's, totally. it's real. So, so um, what made you pick capital because i'm sure that you had you know other labels wanting you am i wrong about that too you know uh umg was kind of like i feel like umg was the only one that we ever got got serious with Mm -hmm. um and it had a lot to do with uh with kind of my relationship with stephanie Wright, who's a and r over there um she just you know she was responsible for sam hunt she you know responsible for bringing in jordan davis um like there's just like that and and she she saw that same thing in what i was doing and um and it was just like super encouraging and you know and i would i would just go to the wall for her i think she's just the best and um and i i knew that i you know if i was going to do this i wanted to be with people that i trust and be with people who trust like my voice and my ability and, and all that stuff. And so, um, so that, that was kind of like, we didn't, I didn't even really get serious. I didn't, I didn't try to do the bidding war and try to like try to do that thing. I just kind of, I, I, that's, that's kind of my thing to a fault is like, I'm just kind of, I tend to be transparent. It's like, um, and so that, that was, that was our approach. That's how we ended up at UMG and how I ended up at Capitol and, um, God, just man. good people. I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, the, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking about you are going because, because you're so transparent, you're going to have such a long career. <laughs> no, seriously, the authenticity, seriously. the authenticity seriously. about yeah. you as an artist, as a writer, as a human being, I mean, is so refreshing. You're not and sacrificing your morals. No, you're just being, you're just being Adam Hambrick. You know, like you're just. You're being you, and that's amazing. That's just all that any a listener, a, a fellow, you know, artist. That's 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 so exciting to see people like you getting success that you deserve. Well, what can I say? All Adam Hambrick can be is all Adam Hambrick can be. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, really, I love it. Really though, I, it's it's honestly just like it's just being a crappy liar. <laughs> it's, it's like. I got a, well, I got a trash that. poker face. 
That's cr- well, yeah. you know, I I yeah. think that that's really good for this business where it's full of a lot of people who have the best poker faces you can ever see. By the way, that was a priceless hair flip. By the way, that really was. Hey. Normally, the hair flip's my thing, and I'm a little jealous that you just outdid my <laughs> hair flip. But it's okay. Also, so it's just because have- I haven't showered today. Speaking <laughs> <of> <laughs> It looks fantastic. That's why my hair is up, because I was like, we're not messing with this. We're just going to put it in a bun and call it a day. So, um, I'm out here trying to look like a burnout in a good way. It, you're, you are succeeding. There's no trying here. You are succeeding. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. So you are, before COVID and all of this stuff, so you were kind of out on the road and everything. Were you touring yeah. as an artist? Were you doing a sideman thing? Like, Were you writing with yeah. people? What were you doing? No, I was I was touring. We we did a, a bunch of shows in spring with Ashley McBride, and we had a yeah. couple more after that that got canceled. And then mm. we had some had some fairs and festivals this summer. We we were just kind of like it felt like we were really starting to ramp up. Um, yeah. We had a uh, we had a cool TV look that was coming that kind mm. of that kind of that kind of fell off, yeah. but it's recently come back around. So nice. that's really exciting. So just yeah. like low key. I'll be on TV at some point soon, guys. Don't Woo-hoo! tell me. <laughs> um, but uh, that'll be first time for that. I've never done that before. That'd be tight. Um, That's exciting. And so, like, like all this stuff, man. It, like, we had music coming out. There was a there was a plan. It was like, all right, we're doing this. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit, and it was like, yeah, no more. And so, so the Does whole that change the your whole, release status and what you're what you're doing is that changed like the it, whole plan? It, it's changed. It's changed how how we're doing it. Um, okay. But now, kind of, we're, we're ramping back up and, and kind of like just getting the train back on the tracks. Um, yeah. Just having to just having to be creative with how we do it, you know. Definitely. And, uh, honest, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this, and I know every other artist out there right now is struggling with this, but social media has just driven me insane. It's driven me, it, like Instagram, yep. and it, it's driven me. It's driven me insane, and I've I've kind of pulled I've kind of pulled back from it honestly, because um, just because I found myself just like looking around. It's like is okay. Everybody else is putting out content. What should I do? And then and then I would like try to and then I would try to like do a video or something, and I was just like, I hate that, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and so and so instead of like trying to just like keep up with everybody. Uh, like over quarantine I've kind of just like pulled back a little bit and I did a uh, a series of like where I did like a Sunday morning hymn thing um, for people and that was fun that's awesome um, are you no longer are you no that, longer doing that uh, I haven't done it in a few weeks and actually a couple, couple months but I'm, I'm probably going to bring it back here here soon and and just like slowly start to slowly start to re-engage because it's it's about it's about time. I've I've had my head in the sand uh, for a little too long. I'm ready to get get back out and yeah, I think that's uh, necessary. Connect, so. connect to people again. It's amazing because yeah. yeah. I, I was t- you know it's funny we we talked about how much I I can't stand social media by the way I I really can't yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like but now it's such a part of our life and our careers it's all we have. that it's we all we like, have. Yeah. we can't do it like we can't do anything about it like oh i want yeah. to take a break well during quarantine it's not the time to take a break from from social no. media because then you completely no. you were talking about social distancing yeah <laughs> you're, you're disconnected you're disconnected from, from entire, everything yeah. you know yeah, absolutely <clears throat> so yeah social media has just been it's it's been good over the years for you know, to get your music out there, to kind of yeah. start your career and things like that, yeah. um, and and to promote. But other there's obviously other reasons to why it's just we just need we just need. I think we should like have periodic breaks mandated. Yeah. Honestly, they just like take Instagram offline for like a few weeks at a time would be amazing. There's times yeah. I've tried to delete my app and and I just I I can't do it because then I feel like all right, well. I'm being forgotten about. I'm forgetting about people close to me. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It sucks that we kind of have to do it. The thing the thing that I've really like felt uh, felt so strange about is just how how compulsively like I pick pick up my phone and just like yeah. go to it like in in the moments of like yeah. ten like ten spare seconds of like boredom. You mean I can't sit with my own self and my own thoughts for ten mm. seconds without picking up my phone? Yeah, yeah, and um. So, so I've, I've really tried to like, just take, just take notice of that stuff. Um, yeah. 
because especially as a creative, like for all my artists, like creative friends out there, if, if everything that you're doing is like pouring new random information in and you're like, you're, you're taking in, you're taking in news stories that like don't really affect your everyday life or you're taking in posts or other people's opinions that don't really affect your everyday life. Like there's, there's no space for your mind to like create there's no space for your your mind to like mm. solve problems you know in the background yeah. you know there's right. like and you, you're you can't you can't really like be yourself if all the time you're taking in information from everywhere else and there's like yeah. there's there's studies on that I, i'll re- i'll recommend the book yes Ooh, um, wreck. yes there's a there's a there's a book there's a book called the shallows it's called uh the shallows how the internet is changing our brains I'm writing this down. Uh, by a guy named by a guy named Nicholas Carr and let me tell you it gets a little nerdy um, but it's really great especially if you're creative and you're and you're and you're like passionate about like wanting to like wanting to be human and experience mm-hmm. and feel and not have your and not have you know right. not not turn into an accidental cyborg Right. Yeah, like, seriously. Right, That's fantastic. Right. Yeah. I'm actually currently in school. I'm studying um, to get a doctorate in neuroscience. Ooh. And Ooh, girl. Yeah, she fancy. Crazy, crazy. Look at the life look change. at the brain on Brianna. Right. Uh, well, not yet, but we'll, we'll see. But That's amazing. Um, stuff like that is very fascinating to me, and actually, I've always had a real fascination with how social media. I did actually one of my papers in school on the effects of social media. Um, yeah. on celebrities and stars comparing the yeah. you know the the Justin Bieber's to the Michael Jackson's who both had similar situations but it's like the criticisms and stuff were so vastly different and yeah. it's it's so that's actually really fascinating I wrote that down I'm gonna have to read that because that seems right up my alley you imagine how big the stars would be from decades before if, if social media was that was was a, like was up and running then. It's crazy. See, I I disagree. Really? I disagree. I think yeah. I'm I'm curious. I, I think, I'm curious. I think so I think so much about what we're doing right now is like we're fragmenting every single audience. So like so like Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan because he because there was so much there was so much polish to his brand and there was so much like refinement to like Right. Who he was outside of the basketball court. Now on the basketball court, unbelievable. But yeah. but there was nobody else who could match like th- that whole thing, and he really had no competition from other people because they didn't have any other avenues. Because Michael Jordan had all these big brands and had all these you know these people behind him and like his image. And nobody else you know ha- you know had that to compete. So he didn't have to cut through that noise. Like he had everything. And, uh, and it was easier to kind of, I feel like, rally these kind of, like, big big corporations and big brands behind people. Right. Whereas now you can you can create your own thing and everybody, you know, every other person's got 100,000 followers on Instagram. It's more competition. Yeah, it's oversaturated. Yeah. There's more competition now. It's oversaturated, yeah. for sure. And I think yeah. there's there's... There's good and bad to like both sides. When I was writing my paper, I was actually genuinely concerned about the fact that when I studied Michael Jackson's life and how everything kind of evolved for him, how all of his traumas and the troubles in his life were all kind of hidden, whereas with in the yeah. case of Justin Bieber, with social media, they were all out there. So Michael, it just boiled yeah. up throughout his entire life until eventually like he like I, I, he was not happy, and I think that his death yeah. was wrongful, but I think it would have happened sooner or later. But whereas Justin, all of this stuff was in the spotlight, and so he had to be faced with all of this stuff at a very young age and had to actually deal with it and stepped back from the spotlight and was able to kind of, like, try and fix his problem. So it's like, I'm 100%. so unsure of, like what time is better <laughs> like where it was easier yeah. to hide things from people there was not as much exactly access to people's personal lives you know 20 30 40 years ago so there's access to people's personal lives and then now also everybody's walking around with an hd recording device and so like <laughs> yeah. anything you do if you treat if you treat somebody like trash you're a karen and then you're yep. a karen for life <laughs> karen! you're a karen 
Again, yes, absolutely. I I feel bad for anyone in 2020 that is named Karen. Oh. My aunt Karen is a saint. Okay, I feel bad for her. I feel I feel so bad for her. I feel so bad for her. Oh, give her my love. I feel so bad. I absolutely will. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about. We got uh, two more things to talk about here. Um, First of all, for I heard Midnight Montgomery for the first time today. I don't know why I'm today. Just, I don't know why I'm. Where just you been, hearing, bro? Yeah, I don't know why I'm just now hearing that shit. Um, <clears throat> and that is such a great fucking song. I can't say fucking. He is a Christian. Yes, I'm sorry, Jesus. It's a great freaking. I'm sorry. Song. He, it's a great freaking song. I am a Christian no. too. I'm a Christian too. I love Jesus, but I, I cuss. Lo- a I love Jesus, but I cuss a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and drink big pun said and that. And drink at three o'clock on a Wednesday. And drink on a Wednesday. <laughs> big pun did say that. I, think. <laughs> um, I love Jesus, but I cuss I a lot. I love Jesus, but I cuss yep. a lot. Yeah, but, but what was the inspiration behind that? And why did you pick that oh, song man. to release? Mm. Uh, it was kind of a program we did through Amazon Music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they were doing their you know kind of nineties nineties country throwbacks. Yeah. Uh, I think. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember who else. Did. Maddie and Tay did Meet in the Middle. Uh, Mitchell Tenpenny did Just to See You Smile. That's um, right. Yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. really cool, some really cool ones. Um, but uh, I did that just man, Alan Jackson. It, it's Garth and Alan. They're they're right, they're right there. They're right there for me yeah. uh, as like my first you know, musical as they should be. So when when it when it comes time when it came time to you know throw back. Um, I want to do something not everybody else would do, and then I want to do something that like I could really rip on and and like sing like really like mm-hmm. open up and just kind of tear loose a little bit. Um, and I just I just always thought that song was so cool, and so we just kind of like took the approach. Um, Andrew De Roberts mm-hmm. uh, and Andrew De Roberts produced the track, and we just kind of took the approach like. How would the Killers do this? Um, Killers, one of wow. my favorite bands. Yeah, and uh, I was like, and we kind of like matched the production style that we that we've done with some other stuff um, that's going to be coming out. And I mean, we just kind of like went for it. It's, and re- it's really I, I, good. Thanks. Yeah, I, I've, I do. I do worry that I'll be at some party some someday, and I'm going to catch a beer bottle in the back of the head. It's going to be Alan Jackson standing there. Why did you do that in my song? <laughs> God forbid. Um, I don't think Alan uh, Jackson leaves the house because I've never in I as long as I've been in Nashville, it's about ten years now. I've never heard Alan Jackson being anywhere randomly. That's true. Ever. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. If I was Alan Jackson and I was sitting on that kind of pile of money, I I I think I'd probably buy me a farm. I might stay there. I I might stay there, Jim. Not gonna lie. Have y'all seen his house though? Yeah. All right, dude, it okay. has been so much fun talking to you. I have one last question. What, what you is got? next? What is next for Adam Hambrick? What you got going on right now? Well, we're in the middle of putting out uh, what I call a series of, uh, I call them flip sides. Um, okay. Two song batches. Two song oh, batches. Cool. So um, last, I guess last month, because um, we're, 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 we're talking uh, we're, we're in September now, so last month, mm-hmm. yes. uh, <laughs> last month we put out we put out the first flip side. Um, okay. It's called Top Down Southbound. It has had a mm. song called Sunshine State of Mind and a song called mm. Do the Math. And uh, and so like going going forward, we're just gonna be we're just gonna be putting out kind of like these little vignettes, um, these these, uh, these two song flip side projects. And so uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And so well, the next one will come, come out uh, I think next month. Um, but you guys can just like just Fantastic. like stay tuned. We put out some videos and putting out some different stuff, and uh, yeah. So that's this, it. This, Flip sides I, coming at you. I'm perfect. excited for this. I'm so Me excited. Me too. So y'all check <laughs> yes. out his yeah. stuff. It's so yeah. good. It's so amazing. And uh, love that you're getting to do stuff, even though the whole world's been in quarantine the past God knows how long. You know, it's 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 yep. amazing that you're still doing this stuff and still uh, still pushing forward with everything. So we've had a blast, had a blast. talking to you. Had a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always. One more yeah. thing. What's what's the advice you want to give to an aspiring artist? 
Mm. <sighs> um, just write. Write a million songs. You're going to write 900,000 of those are going to be bad. Um, and then... And then all those, all, all that 10% of good songs that you're going to write, you hadn't written them yet. You're not at that 10%. Write, 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 write. Because um, the more the, the more you write, the more opportunity you have. The more the more you write, the better you get. And the more the, the more you write, the more you spend time with other people. And when you spend time with other people, you learn from them and you get better and you, and you, and you feel together, you think together, you cry together and doing things together is part of what makes us human, part of, part of, part of what makes Nashville great and, and, uh, and it's part of what make, will make you a great artist. Mm, fantastic advice. That is the no, best seriously. advice I can give you. Y'all, Adam Hambrick, right everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show. Adam Hambrick. Go follow, yes, follow him, him everywhere. everywhere. Listen to his flip sides that he's everywhere. been putting out. Y'all, thank you so much. God oh. bless you, and thanks for coming on this podcast with us. We had a great time. Thank you. Yeah. See y'all seriously. next time. Love thank you, guys. You.